As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. I wanted to take like the fun, fast paced workouts, but make them pregnancy friendly and safe for the women and their babies doing them and and also modifiable because some days when you're pregnant, you don't want to be doing high intensity workouts. Like I don't want to go to boot camp. I want to just like lay in bed. So I wanted to create the workouts that were fun, enjoyable. They were quick so that it's motivating you to start. If you tell me the workouts 50 minutes, no, already no. It's just like immediately no. But if it's 15 I can get on board with that. I can I can press play on that. I can fit that into my schedule. Getting pregnant and giving birth are two of the most exciting things you can ever hope to experience in this life. The moment you think you could be pregnant, you're frantically searching for all the best information, which is why you're here today. I'm Stephanie King, and with my many years of experience as a professional childbirth educator, doula, and lover of all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, I'm here to make preparing for your birth enjoyable, empowering, and totally easy. Each week, I'll cover different topics, interview professionals, and get into the nitty-gritty birth stories from mamas just like you. And when you're ready for more, you can join me in the My Essential Birth course at myessentialbirth.com, where I take you step-by-step through exactly how to prepare your mind, body, spirit, and partner for a birth you love. So let's get started. This week's reviewer of the week is from Gracie Bird 97 She says, I have been listening to this podcast for close to a year now and have become so passionate about educating myself and others on pregnancy and birth. My husband and I have been married for a year and a half and plan to start a family within the next few years. Stephanie, your podcast has made me feel prepared and empowered for when that time comes. I can't wait to start our family and will definitely be taking the birth course. I have been sharing this podcast with anyone and everyone who will listen Thank you. Thank you, Gracie. That was an incredible review. I greatly appreciate that. And for you guys listening today, I feel like this is a special treat because I have with me here Kim Perry. I'm going to introduce her real quick, and then I want to dive into some really neat things about prenatal, postnatal education and exercise and what that looks like. And I just want you guys to hear from her because she is fun and energetic and pregnant right now. So that is always fun to have that on the podcast. But Kim is, yes, she is a mom of three, almost for and a fit pregnancy coach. She designs at-home workouts for new and expecting moms so that they can stay fit during and after pregnancy. And it all started when she was frustrated with boring pregnancy workouts and struggled to find a fitness routine that gave her a feel-good burn and a boost of energy. So I'm excited for you guys to hear more on that today. During her second pregnancy, Kim received her prenatal and postnatal fitness specialist certification and created her own quick and effective workouts. Now, 
she's coached women all over the world and has been featured in Motherhood, Women's Health, The Daily News, She Finds, and The Guardian. And you guys get to hear her today, which is awesome. So without further ado, Kim, thank you for being here with me on the podcast today. Hi. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yes. Did I miss anything? Is there anything that you want to add to all of that incredibleness? Not No, I think we got it all. But I do have three girls and this is my first boy. Yay. So I think that's kind of special. And it gives a little more context out there for all the girl moms and boy moms. Like I'm going to have one of each soon. (laughs) Three of three girls and a boy. That's awesome. Yes. I love it. I absolutely love that. Have you noticed this pregnancy has been any different? Like, you know how moms are like, oh, when I had my girls, it felt this way. And and is it different? (sighs) It's very different. But there's also a lot of factors and variables that I feel like I can't just associate with like, oh, it's a boy. Like it's it's harder because it's a boy or like when I had a boy, my pregnancy. I just know that every pregnancy is going to bring different challenges to our bodies but also like i i moved across the country like i used to live in massachusetts when i had my three others now i'm in florida so that's different i'm four years older than i was when i had my last so that's gonna create some differences and then yeah my baby's gender is different so there's just there's a lot but yeah this has been my toughest pregnancy but we're navigating it. I still feel like I can't complain. Like I still feel so lucky and grateful and blessed to be able to carry the, him. And I, I can't complain, even though I have had my fair share of challenges. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's so true. Like yeah. when you add in all those other factors, mm-hmm. it is hard to kind of like dissipate, you know, kind of figure right. out everything. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell or me a little like, bit. I know like first time moms. Oh, sorry. No, go for <laughs> like, it. Yeah. Sometimes your first pregnancy is like your easiest because it's just you. But when you go into your second and now you have a toddler, that pregnancy feels a lot harder. All of those symptoms just feel way more intense because you can't take care of yourself like you used to. You have to take care of your toddler. <laughs> yeah. I've heard good news about the fourth baby. I feel like a lot of people say if you can do three, you can do any, (laughs) you know, so I'm hopeful for you that like you've got some older kids and it's going to at least the postpartum part of things is going to be like really cool. So, oh, yeah, we had two in diapers when I had my last. So that was yeah, I have none in diapers now. So I'm like, oh, that's awesome. What a treat. (laughs) (laughs) They can help change the diapers. Yes, exactly. Um, Okay. Tell me about how you got started. I loved the like, I was bored with the other workouts. And so talk to me about how you kind of got into this and how it applies to those that are listening today who are pregnant moms. Okay. So I have a confession. I was like a fit chick, like gym girly back in the day, like 2014. And I, but I started my Instagram as like an anonymous not anonymous, but I made a fitness account. I didn't tell any of my friends and family just because I feel like fitness back then wasn't as like just going to the gym. Like none of my friends er, did that that I knew of, or I felt like people were like, oh, I don't like working out. So having this online community of other fitness people who went to the gym every day and were they were inspiring me and I was getting ideas for workouts on there. So that's how I kind of got started on Instagram. And then, and, and like learning more about fitness, I was always an athlete growing up, but I never like 
worked out. Like you just went to practice, right? You had a game, you had a meet. I ran marathons. Like I was just like an athlete. So now having to not have sports to keep me in shape and feeling that need, that desire for like fitness and, but also the rush of endorphins. Like I just, I really do enjoy exercising. (laughs) So I had to start going to the gym, which felt very foreign at the beginning, you know, like as a a girl, like in her early 20s, I was like, I don't belong at the gym. I'm not like a dude. So that's why I really turned online to, to find my people there. So that was working out for a while. And then when I got pregnant, I I felt excluded from the fitness community because here are all these people losing weight and getting ripped and showing off their abs and their before and after pictures. And I'm starting to transform into the before picture because <laughs> I'm like, you know, you're gaining weight and I'm I'm moving slower. So I'm not hitting PRs and getting like, like lifting my heaviest weight or running my fastest mile. Like that was like everything got flipped upside down and it was very discouraging for me. I also felt like when I tried to keep up with my workouts and couldn't, like, that was just such a mental blow to my mind of like, oh, I can't do this when I used, I know I can do this or I could do this before. So it it really changes your identity. I think that happens with pregnancy, whether it's like fitness related or not, we kind of go through this identity crisis. And then also I had people telling me like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You're pregnant. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be lifting those weights. And I was like, but, but I can, I, 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 I'm like, I'm strong enough. (laughs) So that first pregnancy was like such a, such a, a whirlwind of just a learning experience for me. And then during my second pregnancy, I was like, okay, I've got a little more knowledge. I understand what's going on with my body more. And I was posting my pregnancy workouts and my community started also getting pregnant at this time. This is 2018. And they're like, hey, what are you, what workouts are you doing? Like, I just found out I'm pregnant. Like, can you share what you've been doing? And I was like, I feel confident in what I'm doing, but I wanted to get certified to be able to, you know, help other people. So I went ahead and did that. And I started designing my workouts and my programs and it took off from there. And then my third baby, same thing. I just went, I was like, I know what to do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just have continued to add to my workouts and my programs and my community has grown. And I just love seeing other moms who we we were able to connect and like, this is just for motherhood in general, but just being able to relate to each other just because we were both pregnant or we both have babies at the same time, or we've had like a similar experience where we felt alone or like, oh, I can't work out or oh, I don't want to work out. And just being able to tackle those challenges together has been, it's been really fun. <laughs> that is, that's awesome. And I'm I'm sure you've seen um, because you have so many people in your community and you've done this for such a long time, I'm sure that you've seen and firsthand as well, like the benefits of pregnancy, like prenatal and during pregnancy and postpartum, like following it through with that consistent exercise. So what kind of recommendations do you find yourself having for women or what do, what kind of questions do you see coming up all the time that you have a response for that's like for the mom that's like, I don't know. I just found out I'm pregnant and I'm not working out. Like, should I start now? Or, you know, I'm planning to get pregnant. Like, how much do I need to work out? Like, what are, what's the best advice you can give for moms that are listening when it comes to exercise? 
that that's a very loaded question. <laughs> but to Sorry. my first yes. tip, so if you are pregnant, <laughs> if you are pregnant, I definitely check with your healthcare team first because they are going to be able to recognize anything that's kind of off. If there's anything specific that your body needs to avoid, or it has to do with the health of your baby, um, that's something like I can't address. So definitely check with your healthcare team first, and then just for for pregnant women, but just everyone in general, like exercise is always a good idea to to start to add into your routine. So whether you are trying to conceive or you just found out you're pregnant and you got that go ahead from your doctor, uh, maybe you're at the end of your pregnancy. Like it's it's okay to exercise. Like it's it, there's so many benefits for your body, for your baby, um, to prepare yourself for labor. And my my big my next big tip would be to start slow. If you are just starting out, don't try to dive into some advanced workout program six days a week. I also recommend not starting something like marathon training or CrossFit if you've never done those before and you are pregnant. Like, let's start slow and build your way up. And there, there's so much time after you have a baby. Like we forget that like, oh wait, after I have this baby and this is my last one, like I have the rest of my life to train for a marathon or to lose 20 pounds. Like that's honestly not fun in my opinion. Like enjoy being pregnant and celebrating your body and exercising and feeling good. Exercising to feel good. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned too, like about the like boring side of things. Like I can relate oh, to that. You know, where it's like, I really do want to work out and I want to be healthy and I want these benefits for me and baby and I don't want to be bored. So like, we talk a little bit about that, maybe how your stuff's a little bit different. Right. So I found when I started trying to do these prenatal workouts, my first pregnancy, you know, I, my favorite things to do at the gym were like hit workouts or a boot camp class or something like high intensity that just like kept the energy going. And I was like, well, I'll just take a prenatal workout. I'll find there's YouTube videos. And I was doing these workouts. I was like, these are putting me to sleep. This is not exercising (laughs) anything. This is not working for me. And it's not fun, which means I'm not going to do it. So I wanted to take like the fun, fast paced workouts, but make them pregnancy friendly and safe for the women and their babies doing them and and also modifiable because some days when you're pregnant, you don't want to be doing high intensity workouts. Like, I don't want to go to boot camp. I want to just like lay in bed. So I wanted to create the workouts that were fun, enjoyable. They were quick so that it's motivating you to start. If you tell me the workouts, 50 minutes, no, already no. <laughs> just like immediately, no. But if it's 15 I can get on board with that. I can I can press play on that. I can fit that into my schedule. So I kept them short. And I like to use a lot of intervals versus counting reps because I feel like that can be tiring. And yeah, we don't like to repeat things around here. So I like to get it done and feel good while I'm doing it and keep keeping the energy up. Yeah. So you make your own programs. And I I mean, so women can follow along with these too. Are these like online? Do you switch it up a lot? Do you have like a set like program that they follow? Like, what does that look like? Oh, I so everything I do is online. 
for program wise. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's how it started. And it just worked because I was already a mom when I was making these. Like I didn't have time to do in-person classes. I had a baby. I was breastfeeding. Like it just made the most sense. And also like as a mom, for me to commit to a time, even if I was going to a class, that was going to be hard. I wanted the workouts to be able to work for anyone's schedule, whether that was first thing in the morning or, you know, at night after you put the baby to bed or middle of the day when I know classes can, like, in-person classes are really hard to get to. <laughs> they really are because <laughs> the baby nap time or like, oh, I have to pump. It's just such, like, no, we need that flexibility as moms. So that's why everything is online. They are full length follow along workouts because I found for for myself, like those are easier for me to stick to. Like I said, I just press play. Like I don't have to think about it. I don't have to read. I don't have to set a timer. Like it's just done for you workouts so that all you have to do is show up. You don't even have to wear sneakers. You can just be in, on, on the carpet in front of your couch <laughs> and doing a workout. Yeah. I love that. How about like, okay, so we've talked about kind of like you mentioned prenatal, pregnancy, and postpartum, right? And like that's all good to follow through. Um, for moms that are postpartum, are there some signs that let them know, like letting them know kind of that their body is ready? Like I know we all have that like don't work out until six weeks postpartum. Are there things that for yourself or that you notice for other moms that are a signpost that like you're okay to start doing some certain things? It's not so much. It's It's a tricky, it's a fine line because – if you have the urge to move your body, that might just be out of habit. Or I know for me, like my mental health, I feel better when I'm doing some sort of movement. And I know those early days postpartum and early weeks when you're just on this constant feed, burp, change, sleep, feed, burp, change. And it's just like over it. Yeah, you need something for yourself. So I want to make sure that you are differentiating the two, like getting out and getting some fresh air or, you know, doing something for yourself versus like, okay, I'm ready to move my body. Um, also that six week checkup thing <laughs> is, I am, from what I understand, we go to that to make sure our uterus has gone back down. Like that's what they're checking and like, oh, you're healed. But there's so much more that doesn't get checked for one, your pelvic floor, <laughs> your core strength, and your diastasis. So if you had any ab separation down that center line, um, it's something you want to be just really cautious of when getting started. So it's going to be different for everybody when to start working out. Those cues that you were talking about, like that feeling like, oh, I, I just want to move. Like stretching is really great to start out with. I like to start with some belly breathing, just doing um, a little... Do you want to do that right now? Should we? Yeah, you let's said do it. Your listeners like to have like an exercise or like a takeaway. Yeah. All right. So we're just going to take a deep breath in. Just take, take a nice clearing breath and let it out. And then this time on the inhale, I want you to breathe into your belly, but also your pelvic floor, which runs from the front of your pubic bone to your tailbone like a hammock. So you're filling it with air. Deep inhale like a big balloon in your belly, all the way down, blooming out of your vagina. 
<laughs> that's what you have to picture. And then on the exhale, we're pulling that back up and in, kind of like a jellyfish motion. And then like as if we're zipping up a jacket, we're drawing our belly button in as well, all the way up to our ribs on the exhale. I know it's a lot. It's a lot of cues. But you you can start with those breaths. I like to do them when I'm pregnant too, to keep my core engaged and practice that activation. Um, and then you can start with yoga too is really great. Going for walks, as long as you are okay and you've gotten, I mean, I have a midwife this time around, which I'm really excited about. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm all about the rest. I didn't realize like you really do need rest. Even though you feel good, you still need to rest after birthing a baby. So starting just small, very small, stretching, breathing, the yoga, just very small exercises. And then seeing how you feel, like giving yourself time to adjust, like um, just looking out for things like cramping, spotting, soreness in a not an exercise kind of way soreness like we want to stay away from that as a way to honor all of the mothers on here from now through mother's day weekend you can grab the my essential birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the my essential birth and postpartum course and i will personally send you a handmade 100 muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot, totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. Yeah, that all makes sense. I know okay. um, that was like a common question that we get though, right? Like, is that that yeah. six week? Is that like a hard and fast rule? And so I think that no, you- some people aren't ready. Some women yeah. are like, I am not okay still. I need more time. Like, I'm so tired. Like, exercise is the last thing on my mind. And that is totally normal. Like, I don't know why all women are just put into this box of, like, six weeks, you're good to go. It's like, absolutely not. That doesn't take into consideration your labor and delivery or your pregnancy. Or if you exercise those last nine months or if you are on bed rest, like, there's just so many variables. And, yeah, six weeks is just we got to get that out of our mind. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad that we're you bringing that to light. That's really important. Yeah. For moms, um, maybe you have some ideas for pregnancy, but also postpartum. What are some exercises that moms should start with? Like for moms that are not doing anything right now, but they are wanting to become active, what do you recommend them starting with? Initially, I wanted to say walking, but that's just me <laughs> thinking of like, it just feels nice sometimes to get outside and it doesn't always feel like a workout. It's just a way to move your body. It's great for your mental health. But really, the the best thing I would recommend is doing some weightlifting. It doesn't have to be heavy weights, but strengthening our muscles. Um, so that, you know, just really basic exercises, just from squats, lunges, um, doing some deadlifts, getting a little bit of core work in, some very controlled rotations um, to keep our mobility nice and strong. 
upper body exercises because we got to keep our posture nice and strong during pregnancy, but also after, you know, uh, our whole center of gravity changes when you put this 30 pounds in your midsection, like protruding out the front. Like, so our posture is just all off and it's great to do some nice upper back exercises, shoulders, chest, everything. So (laughs) I feel like that wasn't a specific answer, but also something that I've been adding into my programs is a lot of pelvic floor work. Uh, We want to keep our pelvic floor strong. And I know you've had people on your podcast, right, talking pelvic floor specifically, but also we want our pelvic floor to be able to relax and get out of the way so that baby can come out because your pelvic floor is not going to push the baby out. Your pelvic floor needs to release the baby out. So I've added more of that in. And that is one thing I, I'm trying to tell all new moms. I'm like, do do pelvic floor, stretch and release. <laughs> and also strengthening, like you, you got to, it's hard because there's so many things when you're pregnant, like when it comes to supplements and exercise, it's like checking all the boxes. But if you can do pelvic floor once or twice a week, you're going to be golden with some strength training in there. No, I think yes. everything you said is excellent. Um, I especially love to hear from somebody who has like the certification so that you know it's like super safe or whatever, that you can start with some weight training, right? Because I I know I feel like it's from like our parents' generation, maybe our parents' parents' generation at this point, yeah. where they're like, you have to be soft and gentle and don't pick up things and all of this. And it's like, well, that's great, but we're also pretty strong and we have a lot, you know, that we need to do and a lot going on and um our bodies are made to my five-year-old yeah my five-year-old weighs 40 pounds and exactly. still will occasionally <laughs> need me to pick her up if she gets hurt or exactly. she's she's got a bunk bed like I just I find myself carrying her and then I my three-year-old's like 30 something pounds so we we need to be strong just so we're not I feel like the stronger you are the less risk you are to injuries right Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yes. So I think I think that's really awesome that you're talking about that. You did mention diastasis recti. And I thought maybe you could just touch on that for a moment. Um, Maybe explain to women what it is, and then what that would look like for you or what you have to be cautious of if you notice that this is something that you do have during pregnancy, or even postpartum. Right. Okay. So yeah, this is for anyone. You don't have to be pregnant to to look for these cues. But basically, diastasis recti is that separation in your abdomen of the two walls separating down the center and that connective tissue just being stretched. It's totally normal during pregnancy. I think I, I, mean, I remember being like so afraid of this happening. And it's like, well, it's not bad because your body has to make room for the baby. Like it's a good thing your body's making room, but it's when it gets to like um mild, moderate, or severe case when it gets like severe, meaning three or four finger like fingertips width, kind of like how you do like centimeters, how they measure. <laughs> uh, when it's getting wider and deeper, that's when it is more of a concern, and you'd want to see someone like a pelvic floor specialist to help you really kind of work on that. But things to look out for. A lot of people think about like exercise, like, oh, diastasis, like I don't don't do crunches because that causes separation, which is can be true if you have if you're not using proper core engagement. But that goes for any exercise if your core is not engaged properly during it. And 
everyday movements like picking up a laundry basket, sitting up out of bed. We don't think about it, but you might notice a coning down that center line, a coning, doming, tenting, whatever you want to call it. I remember the first time I saw this, I was in the shower washing my hair. I leaned my head back to like rinse. I don't know how like I looked forward or down doing this, but I I was like, it looks like a dinosaur stegosaurus (laughs) going down the center of my belly. That was like, I've never seen it before. I was so confused. I was like, what is that? So weird. And I showed my husband, I was like, look what I can do with my stomach. And, And then I was like, oh my gosh, wait a second. This is actually not good. Okay. Now I know I need to engage my core and then lean back to rinse out my shampoo. But like, I just like it can happen um, during these little, little bits of our day. So that's when we want to be mindful of it. It's really just what it comes down to is pressure. It's intra-abdominal pressure and it's looking for a place to go. So what you can do is just do that kind of like that belly breath on the exhale, you know, lifting your pelvic floor, drawing the belly button in um, and then avoiding movements like that sitting up out of bed instead roll onto your side to get up out of bed. Yeah. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I love the like simpleness of that because like all we hear all the time is right, like don't do um, planks. <laughs> that's like the big thing. Oh, but yeah. It's, like, or, like don't do push ups, <laughs> don't do this. And you're that like, well, that's helpful. Like, but yeah. yeah, like learning to engage our core and work with our pelvic area. I also love that you talk about um, your pelvic area and um, just the the like you have to like be able to tense it but you also have to be able to release it this was like a big thing and I do talk to women in the birth course about this but it is a big thing when and I come from a place of like a lot of tension in that area there's endometriosis and some other things that like I'm naturally it's so common yes super yeah. tense and so when you're thinking about breathing a baby down and out or pushing a baby out at some point or allowing that area to be soft and gentle and open, that's actually a learned thing to learn to release and let go of that area or when needed to be able to tighten and strengthen that area. up. So I think the fact that you include those things within your courses and within your program is really vital. That's really awesome that you've got and you have some experience now with a couple of babies and all of your education to be able to kind of draw from that and, and add it in there. So that's really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I I, I want to continue to add to it as needed. And that is just one thing that I was like, wow, this, this needs to be in the program. It's yeah. so important. Yeah, pelvic floor, I'm glad now it's becoming like more of a common thing that we talk about. But even when I was having my babies, I didn't hear about it until I was postpartum after my third, you know. So now it's, yes, more common, but definitely and useful. People have pelvic floor issues without being pregnant or having a baby. Right. I hear a lot of women with these issues, whether it's constipation, incontinence, painful sex. Like there's so many, it, like people don't realize like that's because, or it could be related to your pelvic floor. So I think everyone should go to a pelvic floor therapist just to, just to like a consultation. Like if you're having any of those issues, like go get help. Like this is one of the things that, you know, most personal trainers, like they're not talking about your pelvic floor. They'll, they'll help you reach your goals, but at what cost? Like it's just, I don't know. And I'm glad you you said like it is getting more popular, but that's like amongst moms. I just think about like, 
the younger generation or like even just like I said, women who haven't had kids or don't have kids or don't want kids, like they could still benefit from these pelvic floor exercises and stretches and just education. Yeah, totally. Um, Okay, we did. We went to our community and we asked them, you know, we said, hey, we're going to be speaking with somebody on exercise and all this stuff. What are some questions that you have? Um, One of them that came up quite a bit was I'm worried about or I've noticed that my exercise is affecting um, my milk supply. So kind of like questions about what can I do in regards to that? Is there like more calories or different exercises or so what are your thoughts in regards to that? Okay, so it breastfeeding is a whole other beast. But what I found is it's 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 going to be different. The milk supply and exercise ratio is different for every woman. Like some women don't notice any difference in their supply where some like myself was, I, I realized, wow, I have to eat more calories. Um, and that's a big thing just in general, like take exercise out of the equation. Like I need more calories if I want to produce more milk. So it could come down. I, I have worked with other um, coaches who do more like nutrition based uh, fitness type stuff. And they said, you know, it could come down to like 100 calories that you are that you need to consume just to get that that milk supply back up. So I don't count calories and that stresses me out. I would just say to eat more, eat more protein, eat more frequently, and then also avoid long, long, like steady state cardio type of workouts, those are what's going to draw, like dry up your supply the fastest. So going for like a long run, for example, it's better to do like a quick hit workout versus the longer drawn out ones. Because you're going to get the benefits you're and you're still going to keep your supply up. You're going to feel good and you're going to save time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's all very good information. Yeah. All right, Kim, I know that I'm going to have listeners that are going to ask. They're going to be so curious. I have to ask you, you mentioned earlier on about this. You had switched to home birth and midwives. So you've had three babies mm-hmm. differently and you're changing it up now. I'm just curious why like what is what are you what are your thoughts behind that? Well, okay. I, I had three hospital births. So I feel like I know what to expect at a hospital for the most part. Just I also yeah, you said three different births. My first was the worst. It was just terrible. I left the hospital traumatized and with an infection. So that was not <laughs> I hate even like repeating the story. But then my second was very textbook, had an epidural, she came out, everything's great. But then my third was during 2020 and it was you know, I was probably 6 months no yeah, like six months pregnant when everything started shutting down. And I was hearing these horror stories of women that couldn't have their husbands in the hospital room. And I was like, I can't have a doula. I can't have my mom. I can't. Maybe I'll have Justin. I don't know if I'm going to have like, I need to be my own doula. So I started doing so much research. I, I had looked into a home birth then, but I was so far along. And I just feel like I didn't have enough time. I was like, I'm, I don't, I don't know if that's for me. I'm just gonna do my research and become a doula mentally. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a, a wonderful birthing experience. Like there was no doctor, no nurse in the, in the hospital room. 
my husband and a student nurse ended up catching the baby as she came out and I didn't even push like it was just just one of those I literally was reading about these type of births so then with this pregnancy now we're you know <laughs> my thousands of miles away from like what I was used to but I was looking for you know I'm like where like what are the hospital situations like I'm gonna look in a birthing center so that's actually what it was I I didn't need to do a home birth I found a birthing center but I didn't know that they kind of like send you home shortly after the baby comes out they're just like okay you're good the baby's good you ate some food you're, you're both stable all right bye <laughs> <laughs> and I was like wow wait they I would I honestly would rather just be at my house because I've driven, I've been in the car during contractions and that's not fun. And I'll like, I don't know if I'm going to just want to turn around and drive right home after. I don't know. I just felt like, wait, it makes more sense just to do it here. And yeah, so far it's been really great. The midwives are just so helpful and understanding. And I feel like they always have so much to offer if I'm like, hey, I'm dealing with sleep or I can't like I'm I'm not sleeping great or whatever it might be. Where at my old doctors, they would be like, oh, yeah, it's pregnancy. Like, yeah, make sure you're doing this during the day. But my midwives are like on top of it. They're like, okay, this is what we need. We need to do magnesium. Make sure you're doing this before bed. Like they've got tools for me. I feel like I'm getting so much more support. And that's different for per doctor's office because I know other friends of mine have had phenomenal OBs and that's great. Uh, but now that I'm on the midwife side of things, it's kind of crazy seeing like all the comments and like stuff that they go through. Like I had an ultrasound yesterday and this woman like I mentioned that I was doing a home birth because like the center that I'm going to, she knows that it's a it's a birth center. And she was so dismissive when she talked about them. And I was like, how dare you? Like these women are registered nurses, too. They're not just like some hippie chicks off like from the wilderness, like just opening up a birthing center. Like they're highly qualified and they have a ton of experience. And then also I brought up. So I brought up to my midwife because I had an appointment right after that. and. They pointed out to like the healthiest women, the healthiest birth giving women go to midwives. The hospitals only see the worst. No, this is not like I had, listen again, I had three hospital births, but they see a lot of like worst case scenarios because those worst case scenarios could not have home births. So midwives are like, I think it was like a 1% rate of like tr transfers. Do, do you know, like something, I don't know if that's like a national thing, but like they have really healthy women giving really amazing births to really healthy babies. And it like, I don't know why it's so hard for people to just accept that or hear that and be okay with it and not question it. <laughs> but I'm like, wow, I'm, I feel like I'm like in uh, seeing this battle happening. I'm like, oh, geez, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like I've had both. Like it's you had both too, right? Did sure. you do hospital? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I had two hospital and one home birth. Yeah. Yeah. And it was night and day difference. And it is, and I think that is yeah. such a great perspective um, to talk about that. That's it's certainly something that I tell women, like when you go into the hospital and you're dealing with either nurses and or your provider, it's not that all women 
that are in the birth course or listening to the podcast or even looking to be educated upon birth are all going unmedicated although a majority of them do. But for these providers, they deal with like 95% of the women that they deal with possibly more are not only um, not necessarily educated about what could happen to them or, or really have any idea about what their options are or what they'd like. Um, but oftentimes, they're so they're seeing women who are just kind of going with the flow and often are medicated um, and using epidurals because they haven't been offered anything else or prepared for anything else. And so dealing with a woman who like has a say about things, I mean, it can it kind of like throws them off sometimes. And they're like, oh, like not everybody. And they're absolutely wonderful providers in all areas. But um, but that is an interesting perspective. And then to, to show like, yes, healthy, low risk women giving birth, particularly out of a hospital under the care of a midwife who sees it as not an emergency, but as this safe, wonderful, beautiful mm-hmm. thing actually don't have a lot of mm-hmm. issues. <laughs> like you're totally capable yeah. of doing this. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, I, I, I have a lot of friends in the healthcare field, so it hurts me to say, like, I feel like when I some at some hospitals, like you think or the doctors and nurses act like they just know more than you. It's like, well, you don't know my body. Right. You don't know more about me. You, yeah. Right. And yeah. Uh, yet, like you said, like you're not offered you're not offered anything else at the hospital. Like they're not doing like breathing exercises with you. I mean, maybe if you're lucky, you'll get someone. But what I feel like and why I never looked into home birth before was because that like I just was grew up knowing like you go to the hospital and have a baby. And then when it came time, I was like, between the two choices, I'm like, well, hospital's like done for you, done for you pregnant, done for you labor, right? Like they'll take care of it. You don't have to think about it. Where home birth is a little bit more work. Like you have a little bit more prep, a little bit more supplies you got to get, but it's the experience that you know you're going to get at the end. That's it's it's worth it for me. Like I'm going to be in the comfort of my home. I'm going to have very supportive people who have my best interest in mind, which I did not feel like that at the hospital. <laughs> so I'm I'm really excited. I've been doing hypnobirthing exercises and we are in like the the crunch time. Yeah, we are <laughs> in the and the final stretch here. <laughs> I love it. And I wish you all the best. I hope it's going to be amazing Thank and everything you. you want it to be. It sounds like you're in the right place with the right people. So that's always awesome. Kind of bringing this full circle, just a couple more questions for you. And then I want everyone to know exactly where to find you and all of that fun stuff. Um, do you feel like since you've had all of, you know, you've had a couple of pregnancies now um, and going into this one, have you been really consistent? Is that like pregnancy and exercise? Has that been really consistent for you throughout your pregnancies to be and stay fit? Are there certain ones where you did less and you noticed a difference or did more and noticed a difference? I just guess I'm like curious about how you feel it's had an effect on your body in preparation for this experience. Well, I have noticed, well, my first trimester is always really hard and it feels so inconsistent and you're body isn't in survival mode in that first 12, 14, 18 weeks, depending on how long you have those symptoms for. So for me, I I feel like overall, I have been really consistent with each pregnancy. And I notice the days when I work out, my symptoms feel 
lessened. I have less back pain. I have more energy. I my not it helps with my nausea. It helps with my appetite, keeping that regulated so that I want to fuel my body. Um, and it, it does have that snowball effect that you know a non-pregnant woman would have. Like when you exercise, you you feel good, so you want to eat good and you want to keep drinking your water and you want to stay consistent and check off those workouts each week. So that has been. Um, helpful. It's motivating to me. Um, The way that my program is structured, it's, you know, each trimester has workouts specific to that trimester, whether it's your body changes or the symptoms you're dealing with or prepping for labor. So I feel very supported. I feel like my body is getting everything it needs. And yeah, I've noticed a huge difference. My sleep, I sleep great when I'm exercising. So yeah, I would say it makes a, a tremendous difference in my mental health as well. <laughs> right? Yes. I'm like, yes. That's, yeah, even even along with all the physical things, like the mental part is, oh, yes, like we need to be able, yeah. we need to move our bodies so that we can feel the benefits of that mentally mm-hmm. as well, which I think is so huge. I want to thank you for being here today and for your wisdom and for your kindness and all of the good stuff that you were doing for mothers everywhere. Um, and I do want people to know where to find you and how they can access these programs. That would be amazing. Yeah. So on Instagram and TikTok, I'm at Kim Perry Co. C-O at the end. And then my website is KimPerry.com. All right. And Kim has been so gracious for all of you guys that are listening today. She has a special coupon code for you. So I will make sure and put that link in the show notes and you'll get it in your email this week as well. Um, And so thank you again, Kim, for being here. And I wish you the very best in your upcoming labor. (laughs) and hope it'll be just everything you need it to be. Yes. But thanks for being here. I might be calling you. (laughs) I might give you a phone call. (laughs) You got it. Anytime. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Thank you. If you loved what you heard today, the very best way to support this podcast and help other moms to find it is to leave a quick review. I read one at the beginning of the episodes and I would love for yours to be next. And if you're ready for even more pregnancy, birth, and postpartum goodness, come join me in the My Essential Birth course at myessentialbirth.com, where I will hold your hand and walk you through pregnancy and birth step-by-step so you're totally prepared for a birth you'll love. See you next week.